You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What is going on, y'all? We are back. Another edition of No Bets Barred. This time, UFC 290. It is International Fight Week. We return to the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, Nevada, tomato, tomato. Jed, how we feeling? You know, we were talking about it just a moment ago off air, Connor. I am excited. We finally finally have a good fight card in front of us. I don't know if you get it as much as I do because I think I'm a much more negative person, certainly in the public MMA space than you are, Connor. I've been cashing in the teeth for a lot of this year because I've been down on the cards. And I don't take back a single thing I've said, by the way. These cards have been trash by and large, and it's okay. The thing I say all the time, it's okay to to be a fan and support the sport but also to to want more, to hope for more. This, Connor Burks, is more. This is the kind of stuff that I say, oh, my God, I cannot wait for Saturday to get here. Not, well, when Saturday comes, I guess I'll be. I am excited about fight week. It's weird that it's a short one because of the holiday, but, man, I am ready for this one. I'm a thousand percent with you, man. I mean, these these marks that come at you when, when you say any card is a bad card, we, there will be people. There will be people out there, Jed, defending next week's card. The Holly Holm, Myra Buena Silva. Is that who she's I mean, fighting? It's, the, it's a Bantamweight title fight on uh, ESPN Plus. So, oh, I mean that is that <laughs> that card next week is one of the worst cards I've ever laid eyes on, and I think that's like the fourth or fifth time I've said that this year. Not, and don't get it mistaken. There have been great fights, yeah, of recent. But I'm talking about a card where I am very, very excited. Now I have to say. It's a bummer that we lost Jack Della, Sean Brady. That, it's a bummer that we lost Treshawn Gore from the Bone Nickel fight. Yeah, that doesn't matter um, to me. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be the same result, but you kind of want him to like be taking these steps. This is another contender series fight. Yeah, actually, didn't he lose on? No, no, no. He 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 did not fight on contender series. I'm I'm mistaken. The Bone Nickel one uh, doesn't matter to me because it's it's all the same. But yeah, Jack Della, Sean Brady. That was. That's a, a oh, huge that was miss. Be such a sick fight. That was going to be such a sick fight. Instead, he gets uh, 
He gets Josiah Harrell, uh, a 5'7 lightweight with a 67-inch reach. Uh, but we'll get into that later on. Yeah, I mean, I'm these like we I think we said it last week. It's almost like a tale of two cards. It's like the last like eight fights are just tremendous. And I mean, the main card. You you could even start with the with the featured prelim like the Robbie Lawler Nico Price is is just going to be a banger especially in Robbie Lawler's last fight Bo Nickel we get to see him hopefully evolve though now with the new opponent I don't know and then Dan Hooker Jalen Turner Robert Whitaker DDP Brandon Moreno Alejandro Pantoja for the flyweight championship Alexander Volkanovsky Yair Rodriguez for the featherweight championship it's I'm very excited for this card. I mean, it's this is the one we've been waiting for, man. International Fight Week, they always do it big. Uh, I will say, you know, probably compared to years past International Fight Week, this is lacking a little bit of that real extra juice that, you know, the the hardcore casual fans, people who don't know anything are tuning in for. But for me, I mean... It's a, it's a very good pay-per-view card. Pay-per-view is sensational. The main card's unbelievable. I think the regular prelim set, all four of those fights... Uh, I'm in love with them. I, I get that the Jack Della, you know, that could have been a little better, but you know, that that's the fight game. That's how it goes. Um, plus we get, you know, the, the early prelims, look, your mileage is, is going to vary. That's, that's just the amuse bouche. That's just, that just starts warming up the engine as we start building and cooking. It's going to be, Six o'clock, summer evening. You know, you're just having dinner. You got the fights on in Grilling the background out. as you're get, as you're crescendoing into the pay per view card. As you're crescendoing into a beautiful evening at home, wherever you may be, at a bar, at a friend's house, into the title fights, into Robert Whitaker DDP. It's going to be a fantastic night. I, I'm very much looking forward to it. Let's go back to last week. Sean Strickland pretty much did what he wanted when he wanted to. To Abis Magomedov, it, it felt like that was just too much, too soon. That second round, I was just like, this is over. Like, this is done. He, he's putting together, like, eight punch combos and landing everything. And, like, it's it's just a wrap. Yeah, it um, it was such a cratering. I was doing the live blog for MFI.com, great website. Great website. And I was I was writing in it. I was like, uh, for the whole first round, I was like, I mean, Abus is just swinging everything he has into every punch, and he's not really landing most of them. And I don't know if he can keep this up, but he like he didn't actually look that bad. And at the very end of the round, I was like, he might be slowing down a little. He's still swinging really hard, but he's just swinging fewer punches, and he just nosedived like right off a cliff uh, from that. And then. I also I love the you know we got the corner work Chris Curtis and company saying hey we think we've seen something double up that jab and then fire the right hand behind it Strickland comes out immediately does it and Abus is functionally done so good performance from Sean Strickland uh, but you know what Connor I, I was I was gonna be humble great performance from me from your boy. Gonna ask. I was gonna ask. We both tried a new, a new little process here. Uh, something called not betting on every single fight. Uh, and word on the street is it it was a successful venture for you. Perfect weekend, Connor. Now, granted, Let's go. Granted, we had four bets down. We did not have a big exposure, but that's just how it goes. You, you, you go know, for you, you, you said you only have four bets down. What I hear is zero losers. Zero no losers. losers. Four bets. I had three five units. bets down. I had three losers. Oh yeah, I saw that. I, uh, I I missed MMA hour last week, so I saw the Parlay Pals. Tough, tough scenes, man. Uh, yes, yeah, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, actually, both of my picks would have been losers. Uh, Melissa Gatto, split decision loss. Yeah. Garam finished in the third round. Garam was such a heartbreaker because he was so winning. And then Elvis Brenner, tougher than a $2 stake, man. Uh, I had him in in another parlay, though. That would have lost as well, Ishmael Bonfim. Regardless of me losing, I still like the less bets. I went a little crazy for International Fight Week. I did did six instead of five. Uh, But yeah, it's also just less stressful. It's it's so much less stressful. I was thinking that last week because the only like I I doubled up on the Romanov uh, Blago Ivanov fight because I've got my heavyweight over and I took Romanov, and so that should have been stressful. And it was immediately the least stressful thing I've ever done. I was like, okay, this is clearly going to last fifteen minutes, much less seven and a half, and Romanov's very much going to win. And then after that, it was you know Grant Dawson, Sean Strickland. They were both. Stress like it I mean, was that, the easiest week of betting of my life. In retrospect, that Sean Strickland bet was just like the the best thing ever. Oh yeah, the price was unbelievable, uh, and that's that's how it, like that's why it was such a good week. I look back and I'm like, I really I didn't have to think about any of these, and I got just a brilliant price <laughs> for all. Grant Dawson plus one hundred should have been minus three fifty. Like, just it's a great week. Really happy with it. Uh, and I decided to follow that up, Connor, by doing the exact opposite and uh, taking a bunch of bets on a bunch of underdogs like a big, stupid idiot this week. But we're going to have I'm some excited fun. to hear what they are. I'm very excited to hear what they we're are. So let's fun. dive in. UFC 290, main event, International Fight Week, T-Mobile Arena, featherweight world title, Alex Volkanovsky taking on Yair Rodriguez right now. Feels like there's a little bit of money coming in on uh, Yair. Feels like there's some confidence surrounding the interim champ. You can get Alex Volkanovsky for minus 380, Yair Rodriguez plus 290. You know where I stand on this fight. You know what side I'm going to take. I mean, it's it's fairly obvious. I'm going to ride with my guy Volk. You are on the opposite side. I am. I, you are on Yair. We are going to be butting heads on this one. Give, give me the thought process here. Give me the explanation of why we're going with Yair. Absolutely. Well, all right. Let's just start here. I don't like Alexander Volkanovsky. I mean, yes. Like, so that's the, that's the number one. Honest I, I do have in my notes, here. other than you being biased against yeah, Alex Volkanovsky. Absolutely. I am a hand up. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys straight up. If you're looking for hard-hitting analysis... This is never the show to come to, but certainly not from me this week. This will never be the show to yeah. come to. This this for me this week, not happening. I've got a lot of bets with my heart and my feelings, and I can admit I don't particularly like Alexander Volkanovsky. Used to like him. He rubs me all sorts of the wrong way now, and uh, I, I would very much like to see him lose. And Yair Rodriguez, I think, is a guy who can do it. So I wouldn't be taking this bet just purely out of spite. Uh, there are a couple of factors here for me. I won't be at all surprised if Volk wins. Volk is one of the very best fighters that has ever stepped foot in the cage. I'm willing to give the man his due in that regard. But one of the biggest things for me, 35. Like He's about to be 35 in a couple of months. That he, that he is currently the second oldest champion at any weight class less than welterweight. The only other guy who was older than him, Davison Figueredo, when he dropped the belt to Moreno this last time was 35. So we're not talking by a matter of years. We're talking matter of months that Volkanovsky 
if he if he beats Yair, he will very likely end up being the old the oldest champion ever in UFC history beneath the welterweight level. Is a tough. It's tough. We talk about it a lot. We talked about it a lot in previous fights. When you hit that, you know, once you get over 33, 34, it's real tough sledding in, in the lighter weight classes, particularly when you've been a guy who's been at the top for a while. Because fight, like we, we say this all the time, fighters have so much more tape on you. They have much more ways to prepare for you. We can go back to the great failing of my year this year, Alexa Grasso over Valentina Shevchenko. Shevchenko is probably winning that fight, but she takes the spin kick. Grasso jumps on the back, and afterwards Grasso says, yeah, we knew she throws spinning kicks. We trained this exact maneuver for that exact sequence over and over again, and when it happened in the fight, I took advantage. There are just more opportunities for people to gun for you the longer you are at the top. Volk's had a long run at the top. Uh, I think Yair has the tools also to make this a tough fight for him. I think Volk's best path forward is to mostly take Yair down. Yair largely is okay getting taken down. He plays from the back. He doesn't super try to stand up. He's not a great defensive wrestler. Uh, I mean, he'll come with elbows and action, but I think if Volk can repeatedly get takedowns, it's really good for him. But on the feet, Yair's got that length. He's got that wicked, like, out-of-nowhere power, uh, all sorts of crazy creative strikes, the upward back elbow, the kicks. The kicks are going to be huge. Islam had a lot of success kicking with Volk. The body work, huge. Like I think he can make things really tough on Volk on the feet. Uh, and if Volk is slowing down, if, you know, if he's maybe hitting that that prime, the the end of his prime, Yair is only getting better every time we see him out there. It is, it is just a, a leveling up, and so. I think he's got a really good shot uh, to actually pull this off, aside from my personal feelings of wanting him to do this. So I'm riding with the Mexican wave. I'm riding with, with El Pantera. I am riding with Yair Rodriguez. My only... I like the point that you made uh, about how much tape there is on on the top tier guys. I mean, it it we've seen it proven time and time again. You know, it it definitely does matter. The only thing I will say about the age is that we haven't really seen any signs of Volk like slowing down. We haven't nope. seen the age catching up to him. I mean, he fought five months ago against the best one fifty five in the world and and took him to you know a, a competitive decision. I, I don't think the age is going to matter here. Yair is crazy. I mean, he is wild. He he does he does seem to be leveling up, though. I will say, like his run has been kind of weird, and I think that's why I'm not like fully sold in my head on him. Like, obviously, he looked great against Josh Emmett, uh, but then the fight before that, the Ortega fight, was very weird. I was I was there in person. You know, you can say that like he was the reason Ortega got injured, and that's why. You know, he won the fight. He lost to Max, where I do agree with you, Volkanovski. I think he can get takedowns. Max was getting takedowns in that fight. Mm -hmm. uh, he beats Jeremy Stevens after a no contest, another kind of weird result. The buzzer beater to Korean Zombie, also a, a weird result. Uh, and then a loss to Frankie Edgar. Like, it's like, I'm not saying he's not incredibly skilled and very good and, and undeserving of this. I'm just saying his run has been odd. He has like, an undeniably it's a, weird run. I'm not. It's a weird run. Super weird run, uh, but let me one. Let me add one more thing to the to the old thing because I agree he hasn't Sprinkled shown him. Volk Let's hasn't say. shown anything uh, in that regard. But 
And this is real armchair psychologist. So disregard. I love it. This is what I want to disregard. But I think that there's a reason that Volk has been pushing so hard to be super active this year. To, uh, <laughs> hey, I, I want to get four fights. And I think it's because he knows. He, look, whatever my thoughts on Volk um, and the personality he now portrays, he, this man is no dummy. This man is very, very smart. He has a, a brilliant mind for the fight game and understanding that. And I think that he can look at this rationally and be like, man, maybe I don't even feel like I'm dropping off, but father time is undefeated. I do not have much time left. I need to get as many of these in as I can, because when it comes, it can come quickly. And at the lighter weight classes, you lose a step and you are gone. Like it is just, you drop off one step and the sharks are going to swallow you up. And so I think that he even recognized it. And that's why he's been like, I want to fight four times this year. I want to get in as much as I can because he could easily just be like, I just fight two times tour the world, be famous it's not what he's trying to do. I think he's trying to make a last good run here. And so that's my point on that. On the Yair thing, absolutely agree. He has had a super weird career. My largest feeling is, though, that like in any of these fights, weird as they are or not, he is just super dangerous at all points in time. And I've always thought that that's the way you're going to beat Volkanovski. Full credit to Max Holloway, one of the best fighters of all time. I always, I have very consistently said from before the first matchup they had when I picked Volk, I think Volk is just a really horrific style matchup for Max because Max does not have one hitter quitter power. Max is not a guy who is going to end you violently in an instant. He is going to attractively build up damage over time. And I just don't think that that's a style that really works against Volkanovsky unless you have something like Islam Makachev, right? Like some clear ace in the hole some major physical advantage over, over Volk. Yair is not going to win a point-fighting contest, probably. But at any point in time, any of those strikes can put Volk in a world of hurt. And it's I make the analogy to blackjack all the time. You play long enough at the same stakes, the house has the edge, the house wins. Volkanovsky's the house. But if you bet big when you have the advantage... You win, and that's what Yair can do with with that sort of violent kicking offense of his, and so that's why I'm on him. Yeah, I agree. I think another thing to say though, Volk, he got finished once against uh, who was the uh, the legend that that's going to be sitting in a bar this weekend. That's like, yep, I beat that man. I beat that man, Corey Nelson, our guy. I mean, our guy Corey Nelson. What was that? A middleweight fight? I believe it was a welterweight, welterweight fight. Welterweight. Shout out to Corey Nelson. Uh, yeah. And I kind of agree with you. I feel like if there's going to be a finish here, it's going to be Yair. I mean, maybe Volk finishes him, but I, I just, I doubt it. I feel like if Volk wins, it's, it's going to be kind of similar to the way that Max Holloway won, just outvaluing him, uh, getting takedowns, and just working. And I, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of people saying that this fight isn't going to go to a decision. I looked at Volk by decision, plus one twenty five. I was hoping for like maybe a. Maybe a touch more juice, uh, but that's kind of a tempting line. I, I parlayed up. If, if I was going to be betting Volk, I think I'd be betting, betting him instead, like that line instead of a parlay. Yeah, I parlayed him up uh, minus 425. Uh, you can get better prices out there wow. at the time. You didn't beat the line. That's did rare. not beat the line. It, it does happen. Uh, and I, I parlayed him up with Whitaker and Bo Nickel. Bo Nickel obviously fell off. So now I'm just sitting with a, with an Aussie, Aussie, Aussie parlay. Uh, 
So yeah, it was always Volk. Everyone knew that's who I was going with. There was no doubt. Yeah. And I understand. Look, you got to have your guys. And I get it. We're going to talk about my guy in this very next fight. So uh, I wish you the best. I don't because I desperately want Alexander Volkanovsky to lose. It's going to be a great fight. I'm looking forward to it. Yair with the custom belt is sick. Dude, I feel like I felt so much better about the belt after I saw that. That belt is insane. It is insane. Any feelings on it being an interim belt? Don't care. It's so much better than any UFC title that has ever existed. All right. Here's here's my argument. I would never want that as the permanent belt. I like because that's unique. No, but that's unique to him. It's the you know the the colors and I I think he just changed the game though. Like if I'm a champion, if I am a UFC champion moving forward, and I see oh shit, look at like that dude got got a custom championship belt i am immediately tricking out my my title belt like immediately taking it something like well you know what are my colors well you know if, if i have a strong national presence or whatever it is that makes me unique to me i am immediately customizing my belt yair has changed the game with that one so i'm actually i can't say this for certain i don't know if it was yair i saw a clip of i thought Dan- it was yair I saw a clip of Dana White doing like sneaker shopping and a guy like pimped out a pair of Air Force Ones for Dana White. And then he reached out to Dana White and wanted to make custom belts for the Mexican champions. And Dana White agreed and like hooked up Yair with it. Well, uh, if that's the case, then I'm going to say something I almost never say. Well done, UFC. I saw this clip. I mean, the clip... The clip of Dana is saying it, and then I saw pictures on the back, and it was like the artist was imprinted on it. Uh, but it is odd that we haven't seen like Brandon Moreno and Alex Alexa Grasso uh, posting pictures with theirs. It's definitely very odd, Real particularly if, if if the UFC did this for for him, and this is on a fight week where Brandon Moreno is also <laughs> about to be fighting. Uh, that would be super weird, but it, if so. Congratulations to UFC. That is uh, actually like really good fight promotion. I love the creativity. I love everything about that. Uh, if this is just a Yair thing, Yair, you have, uh, in my mind, changed the game. No champion moving forward from this point in time should ever just accept the regular belt. That would be ridiculous. So, uh, so all right. So here's what it's saying. Uh, it was gifted to him by his management team. Um, by an artist duo, Jacobo and Maria Angeles. And Dana White revealed that Mexican champions Rodriguez, as well as flyweight gold holder Brandon Moreno, who co-headlines UFC 290 this weekend, and flyweight queen Alexa Grasso are also slated to receive their own one-of-a-kind custom-made UFC championship belts. So I wonder if theirs are going to look slightly different than Yair's as well. I don't know. Do All right, so listen, they, I'm just going to go ahead Moreno's and discredit. Gonna I'm going to go ahead and discredit your boy, Yair. He didn't do anything. He just got it put into his lap. I don't care if he did anything or not. He's the guy carrying the standard. That's fine. But uh, this is now really interesting because if this is sort of a UFC co-opted thing, it's going to happen. Uh, is 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 Pantosha fighting for Moreno's custom belt <laughs> or is he fighting for a regular belt and Moreno just... It's super weird. We're going to find out on Saturday, but I... I the important point is, I'm looking at this photo again. I love this belt so much. It's the best thing I've seen with a UFC brand on it since the hot dog so uh, brander. I think it's, it's unbelievable. 
it's do it, more of this. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I I hope we get to like see it in person. The colors are fantastic. They pop off and like it doesn't look tacky uh, or anything. So shout out to Yair. Shout out to whoever got that done. Um, yeah, I had something I was going to say about belts, and now I uh, now I can't remember. Is it, oh the, yes, it would be oh, really cool if the oh, BMF want, looked like this. I was, I was, yes, you literally. I was gonna say, I can't, <laughs> I can't wait for Dustin Poirier to win and then get it like Bayou themed, uh, the BMF belt. That's going to be, that's gonna be fantastic. All right, let's keep it rolling. Co-main event, flyweight, Dude, a New Orleans BMF belt would be sick. I mean, give it to me in purple and yellow. Give me something, uh, give me something really sick. Uh, hose me down getting too excited thinking about that one i mean i can't wait i mean this is cool that we have two title fights on this pay-per-view but the real one happens at the end of the month for the b m f many men hundreds of people have had gold wrapped around their waist it's only been one with silver i mean and now there's only one with uh yellow and green and blue and all sorts of colors. Well, so. we'll see. We'll see what Brandon Moreno gets. Let's keep it rolling, though, to Brandon Moreno's fight. Flyweight title. He is taking on Alejandre Pantoja. This will be the third time they will have fought in an octagon right now. Brandon Moreno, minus 190. Pantoja coming back, plus 160. You foreshadowed your guy. Who is your guy in this matchup? What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. I've been a Brandon Moreno guy for a long time, and I... This is a hard one for me, Connor, because I actually, looking at this line, I think that there might just straight up be some value on Pantoja at this particular price. Feels a, a little high for Moreno, uh, particularly given two losses to Pants already. Also, I like should be betting Pantoja here because I have a uh, Moreno to end 2023 as champion ticket at plus 165, so... I could just place a little little hedger right here, just a quick little hedge on on pants, and probably be in a very good position uh, to make sure I'm cashing out on Brandon Moreno this year. Uh, but that's just not who I am. It's not what I'm about. It's not the life I choose to lead. I've been a big Brandon Moreno supporter uh, for a long time since he returned to the UFC. Functionally, uh, I felt very good about his chances against Davison Figueredo uh, earlier this year. It was paid off for that. I think that this kid is just, I think he's just the best flyweight in the world. I, he is 
uh, still young. Or, you know, he's only, he's not even 30 yet. And every time out, we're seeing evolutions to his game improvements. I mean, he and Figueredo fought four times. And in that, that fourth one, Figgy almost shouldn't have even been in the cage. It felt like Moreno didn't like run through him, but he put it to him pretty firmly. And, you know, you're watching Kai Kara France, your boy, who My God. is has been on this great, tremendous ascent and was even looking very good against Moreno. And then the body kick comes and we're seeing him just sharpen tools into uh, this dynamic finishing force. This guy who is incredibly durable. I mean, when you fought Davis and Figueredo for like an hour or however long they've shared a cage and have never been stopped, like you are incredibly durable force. And I think that, and that to me is one of the biggest things here. I know Pantoja does have the two dubs over him, but Moreno is proven to be incredibly difficult to finish at this point in time. And a lot of Pantoja's incredible run right now has just been him running through competition. Brandon Raval, Alex Perez, uh, Matt Schnell, trying to remember who else was on that list. He didn't finish Manel Cop, but you know, just, just getting those. I don't think those opportunities exist, so he is going to have to win you know, 15 of 25 minutes against Brandon Moreno. And I think this can be a really competitive fight. Uh, I think the scrambles are going to be unbelievable. But I largely think that Brandon Moreno is going to be defensively capable enough in the scramble game to not give up his back, not give up super dominant position against Pantoja uh, and on the feet. I think he's bigger. I think he's a little bit faster. I think he is just the more dangerous striker. Uh, I'm looking for this to be a 25-minute war. Uh, and so I am taking Brandon Moreno by decision at plus 150. I like that. I like that. A little uh, a little pimp out there. Man, who would have thought on my bingo card, me me using the term pimp twice in terms of uh, no, Brandon would Moreno. Would not have guessed that. That might be the first time I've ever used it in the podcast history. We'll we'll go ahead and uh, you know tap out it too. Yeah, we'll check the tape. We'll, go we'll, we'll check the tape. We'll see if that, in fact, the first two we'll, times. We'll go ahead and tap out it too there. Uh yeah, I mean, most of what you said, I I kind of agree. Now, here's the thing. You talk about your Brandon Moreno future ticket. I'm sitting on a Brandon Moreno plus 350 to be champion at 2023 ticket. And I am also sitting on an Alejandro Pantoja to be champion at the end of 2023 ticket plus 400. So technically, these You're are both my both guys. Ways. I mean, if I'm a smart man, I sit back, I enjoy the show, and, and you know, yeah. I just kick my feet up. But what you said at the beginning is what got me. The The line is why I'm so tempted. So in the main and the co-main, we're actually going to be butting heads. I am going to take Alejandro Pantoja. You, you spoke about Brandon Moreno's durability. Pantoja. Never been finished. 30 fights. You said it. Never been finished. I think both these guys are incredible, dur- incredibly durable. And I think as good as Brandon Moreno is, as many improvements as he made, I'm not even going to go to the first two fights. I know it's been five years since the last one, and Brandon Moreno is an entirely different fighter. I think Pantoja definitely has the ability to make this a very close competitive fight. Yes, I, I do believe Brandon Moreno is the better striker here, but in terms of danger, in terms of finishing upside, I think Pantoja is the fighter with that, and I know Brandon Moreno is is tough as a $2 stake to finish. Uh, but I think he's going to have his moments, and I think it's going to be close, and I do think it's going to go to a decision. And 
you know, if it's if it's contested like we saw with the Davis and Figueredo fights, I'm I'm happy to be holding a, a plus one seventy five ticket on on Alejandro Pantoja. Like I said at the top, I, I think it's a good bet. The value, just looking at it, I do not think Moreno should be straight up this this high that he's currently at. And talking about a Brandon Moreno guy, like, love love the guy. So can't can't knock you for the bet at all. Think it's a good bet. I uh, I haven't done it yet, but. Uh... I mean, it just is right up my alley and just is is everything I ever could have wanted. Over one and a half feels like a, a solid parlay piece. Oh, over one and a half is just a terrific parlay piece. Uh, about I, minus 500, minus 525. I may have used that uh, in a... In a I may have used the Seaberg special in this one. All right, I'm going to so. go ahead and jot that down because I'm looking to cook up like a nasty, nasty chalk dumpster parlay, like auto loser type type deal here. So we're gonna we're gonna start it off. Moreno I mean, the, the over one and a half in Volk Rodriguez is also pretty good. I like that. I like that. I think that's likely going to happen. But yeah, you're such like a crazy man. And I've had nights ruined on taking over one and a half. The Brian would take a fight uh, because of that. (laughs) So just in case right now, I'm talking like these are things that I feel very, very confident in. And uh, this one going over one and a half, I I feel confident. in. Uh, I feel extremely confident in this as well. So I, I support everything you're saying at this moment in time. All right, let's keep it rolling down to... The featured bout, a middleweight fight taking place between Robert Whitaker and Drikus Duplessis. Right now, Robert Whitaker, the Reaper, minus 400. DDP coming back, plus 300. Over-under set at 2.5, under minus 145. Um, yeah, so like I just think Whitaker is just way too technical for this dude. I feel like that is just kind of the name of the game here. If you just go back and watch his fights... Like the, the especially the Marvin Vittori one, I guess it does give me kind of pause, uh, like a little bit of pause because Marvin Vittori just got masterclassed by Jared Cannonier. But um, yeah, I, I just I just think he is just he's just he's too skilled, he's too technical, like he's too precise. Uh, I think he's going to be too defensively sound here for DDP's crazy crazy shit. He's like 13 and two over the last nine years. The only person he's lost to is Israel Adesanya, the reigning defending uh, UFC middleweight champion of the world. And I say all that, and then I'm also just like, ah. DDP just like somehow keeps getting it done. Like he just makes these fights so chaotic. Like he keeps pulling it off. I guess one uh, another upside DDP has he he does have serious finishing capability. I mean, all of his fights, I, I think all of his wins except for maybe one have come by finish. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm going with Whitaker. I love this. We are butting heads yet Let's again. Go. Let's go. Let's go. I, I am love. Taking... I l- listen. I actually like DDP, and I've supported DDP in almost every one of his UFC fights. Like bet on him. Uh, and I have almost always taken the fight doesn't go to a decision, and he's cashed like like seven of eight of those bets that I've that I've taken on him. I also like that he's from South Africa. Like I think that's cool. I think that's unique. Him and him and Cameron Simon like kind of being this South African duo that like exclusively fight on cards together. I think it's cool. Like I I I really do enjoy it. This man gets an unbelievable. 
amount of hate online. And I'm not even talking about for like things like this whole like weird drama dilemma surrounding like things he said about becoming an African champion. I'm talking about the way he fights. People are like, this guy is such an idiot. He has no skills. How He just keeps falling his, his way into top five fights. It's like if he goes out there and beats Robert Whitaker, this dude is guaranteed a title shot. Guaranteed. Yep. It's by far It'll the funniest so thing funny. that could happen. It'll be so the, funny. The, undeniably the funniest thing that can happen in MMA this month is if Drickus Duplessis, this guy who is widely reviled by like the broader MMA online populace. I like him, dude. I like him. Yeah, but like you said, so many people just hate him uh, so for the way he fights, his everything about him. Uh, and Robert Whitaker is the darling, oh, darling. Of, of MMA. Like, ev- everybody loves Bobby Knuckles. And undeniably the funniest possible outcome is in this fight between the darling and the villain and this fight between a guy given no chance to win. Nobody really thinks DDP can do anything. That's here. why I love this bet for you. They like, I, I just have to applaud and respect that. You're it's just DDP. the funniest thing. Like very realistically probably should like Whitaker at only minus 400 is probably some value, but I want to manifest the world I want to live in, Connor. I've been saying this for weeks on on various programs. DDP shouldn't be fighting Robert Whitaker. DDP should be fighting Israel Adesanya for the middleweight championship of the world. Like that, that this was a no-brainer from, from the moment Izzy beat Pereira and Pereira said, I'm going up to lay a heavyweight. This was a no-brainer matchup for me. And uh, got a lot of pushback, and as time has gone on, everyone sort of realized, like, man, this is kind of a dumb fight because when Whitaker wins, it's really taking away this sort of inherent heat we have. And so I am going to manifest it because all due respect to Bobby Knuckles. I like Bobby Knuckles in general. You had your day in the sun. You were champion. I don't need to see you fight Israel Disney again. I'm good without seeing that. I very much want to want to watch Adrikas Duplessis fight Izzy. Uh, I very much want this to be the rivalry and I just want to manifest this. And so I'm going to choose to believe in DDP. I got three more points to make on this. Uh, the first one, DDP got a nose job, Connor. Got a nose we, job. What is, so. what is this? We have, we've unlocked 8%. We are, we're officially past 8% oxygen. I'd say, yeah, I mean, think of how chaotic and insane he was fighting when he couldn't breathe now he's got clean, clean airways, clean pathways. He is going to be. It's like uh, it's like in the Fast and the Furious when when you put the NOS in, into the engine, it just turbocharges it. That's him. You can get all this extra oxygen means even more output. So don't sleep on the nose job being a major factor here. And the actual way I'm selling myself on this, the the key thing I'm saying here, this is three rounds. This were a five round fight. I it would be pretty close to me to a hundred percent likelihood that Robert Whitaker wins this fight. But three rounds is so short that there is a world where Drickus comes out here and he beats this thing and he just pushes the pedal to the to the floor for ten minutes and redlines it, and that's enough <laughs> to just sneak two rounds away from Bobby Knuckles. And then he's just got to survive the last one to get a 29-28 decision and move on to face Israel Adesanya in the biggest fight of the year. 
I, I do think that that is actually a viable path forward for him. So with that in mind, I'm taking DDP. I am also going to throw a little quarter unit sprinkle on DDP by decision at plus 1100 because Jesus. that number seems re- that number seems quite large to me. Given, I don't know. 18 of his 19 know, wins are by, by finish. Robert Whitaker just well, feels Whitaker like Whitaker is wildly durable. Like, like all I right, just, I'll give you that. Here's how I think it's going to go. Like, I think DDP is going to have some moments in the first round. I guess I'm not accounting enough for the unclogged nostril, the the, he can the new man. It just I can just see it in like the second round. Like DDP is just like completely like taking big, big breaths, and like Whitaker is just like landing body kicks, doing his his little combo where he does punch, punch, head kick combo deal. Like, uh, and it he's just like is just pouring it on DDP, and then DDP goes for the takedown where he just kind of like falls, and like his face is now on the octagon. It's, I mean, it's gonna be an entertaining fight. I know that. I know that Every much. Every DDP is, fight is wild. That's what I'm saying. Why does dude get so much hate? Like he fights like a circus character. It's fantastic. I'm just saying. You said you can see that. Can't you also just see? Can't you just see it in your mind's eye? DDP getting a DDP esque win, then coming out and be like, "I told you guys. Now I can breathe." Izzy, you're fucked. Oh, that'd be so great. <laughs> and just like I can see it all laying out before me. So this is a dumb bet. But I'm taking it, and I'm taking the by decision prop because it's plus 1,100, and I feel like there's a shot. Sign me up. Sign me up. I mean, if I'm going to lose my parlay, I pray that it's on that it's on DDP and not on on Yair because yeah. I want DDP to win so much more than I want Yair to. Uh, that's – I just have to say bravo again on, on the bet. Anybody backing DDP this week, putting their hard-earned money on DDP, putting their money where their mouth is – I have respect for you. Let's keep it rolling. It's going to be last yes, thing. Please. It's it's a bad bet because it's going to be the sweatiest bet of all time. Because even if this man wins, you every time he fights, it never looks like winning is a sure thing. If he well, yeah, yeah. I mean, go back and watch the second round of the Darren Till fight. Like things were getting, it, it was tough. <laughs> things were getting. I was on DDP, oh, was I was on DDP and I was on fight. Doesn't go to a decision. That's what's so great about him, though. It looked like neither was going to cash, and then out of nowhere, both of them cash. He comes through for you because that's just that's the kind of guy he is. Uh, all right, let's keep it rolling. Lightweight bout, another banger. Dan Hooker, Jalen Turner. Right now, man, money pouring in on Jalen Turner minus two fifty five. Dan Hooker plus two fifteen. I feel like I can speak for the podcast when I say like we have been uh, Jalen Turner guys for uh, for a while now. Uh, I mean, I I if I remember correctly, you were on him against Gamrod as well. I've 100%. I have always been high on him, and I I actually think I'm higher on him now after the Gamrod fight. Dude took him toe to toe. You're speaking my language. Split decision. Made made it competitive as hell. Showed he can go 15 minutes. Showed he doesn't have to just get a quick finish and get out of there. Jalen Turner's my guy, man. Dan Hooker is also my guy. But with the career trajectories, everything that's going on, I I took Jalen Turner weeks ago. I've I've been on the tarantula. I knew I'd be on him. It's, It's tarantula. I mean, just everything you said. Uh, except for Dan Hooker's never been my guy. Don't hate him. No, uh, I, I, I like Dan Hooker. Never, 
you know, I just never had any real strong feelings about him, but uh, I love Jalen Turner. I think this man's going to fight for a title one day. Um, I was on him against Gamrot learning lesson, but Dan Hooker cannot Matush Gamrot Jalen Turner. Like that's maybe he can get a takedown. I'm not even sure he can. Certainly is not going to repeatedly kind of go to that well. And on the feet, Jalen Turner is uh, he's a problem, man. <laughs> he's a problem for just about anybody. Uh, I've got Turner tied up in a parlay piece. I'm sort of interested um, in Turner inside the distance. I haven't played a bet on it, um, but you're looking at it, and, I mean, Turner is uh, is an excellent finisher, uh, and Hooker has been finished in, like, four of his last five losses, some, some number like that. Like, he's started his career pretty durable, but in the last little run, you know, Michael Chandler obviously gets to finish Islam, Arnold Allen, um, so I think Poirier, I think is the only recent person to beat him who didn't finish him, which is super weird to think about, um, now, but I, I think given how good a finisher Turner is Turner inside the distance, which I think is like minus minus one forty in some spots right now, um, also feels like a pretty viable play. Uh, but for now I just have him as one, one part of a parlay. I dig it. Only thing that worries me, you know, Dan Hooker. He does really only lose to the best of the best. Do do we worry about blonde hooker? I, don't, I honestly think it might be a negative I, I more than not. it is a positive. I do not. And I don't worry about the first thing you said because I think Jalen Turner is is in Love the best it. of the best. Love group, it. But I think this guy's guy's top shelf. Can we also briefly talk about with the hooker thing? Um, why is this UFC Australia? Uh, like, why is UFC Australia happening on International Fight Week and not in September when they're going to Australia? Yeah, wow. Like, I mean, I didn't think about how close we are to UFC Sydney. Yeah, that is idiotic when you think about it. I was going to... There's so many. There are like six yeah. Aussies on this like, card. It feels like when a couple fight, they're all like, yeah, I'll catch the flight with you. And like they all just come over and fight too. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're just anchoring Sydney around Izzy. I mean, I, I guess, but like, wouldn't it feels like it would have made more sense to me to anchor International Fight Week around Izzy, and then do all of these in Sydney? Yeah. <laughs> do all of these, like, let all of these other fights happen in September. But, I, I bet they, I bet they know. get tie on on two ninety three. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think how they build that. that. Izzy will be main event. Probably Ty will be co-main. Maybe they'll maybe they'll throw. Nah, they, they probably won't do two title fights. I don't know. We can we can save that. That's that's not until yeah. September. Um, yeah, Hooker with the back tat, Hooker with the shin tattoos, Hooker with the blonde hair. I mean, very transformative uh, for old. I don't. I wouldn't like it personally if I'm a Dan Hooker guy. It feels there's a lot. There's a lot going on. Yeah, you know, it's it feels like you career. know Kevin Lee with the Kevin Lee hair. Yeah. It feels like you're just trying to find something that's not there anymore. Yeah, yeah. The blonde hair. Yeah, I don't know about the blonde hair. Uh, all right, let's keep it rolling. Last fight on the main card: middleweight bout. Bo Nickel taking on newcomer debutant Valentine Woodburn. Not available yet on DraftKings Sportsbook. I don't believe it is. Incorrect. It's up minus right now. Just dropped within the last five minutes. Minus 2,400. Val Woodburn coming back plus 1,200. Uh, let me get deep into the X and O's here. Let me break this down. Let me tell you that Bo Nickel is going to win in the first round. Well, I mean, you're really going out of the limit. Really uh, breaking down the you know, X's and O's. Really giving it, giving it to you there. That... Uh, that's an aggressive assessment. Yep. Um, I'm going to agree with you. Though. Thank you. <laughs> you know what? I'm 
I'm going to say is more than likely going to be by submission too. So um, he's probably going to take him down, and he's probably just going to choke him out in the in the first round. And that's probably in the first like two. Probably, minutes. probably. Uh, the only bet I would actually be interested in laying uh, on this, if and when we do get like, I wonder. I want to know what under half. Yeah, because the under the <laughs> under one and a half is available on some other books. Uh, minus 400 for the one and a half. Yeah, they yeah, just so cook, they just cook under half fight. rounds, probably like minus two. They just cooked this fight to to the gills. Uh, yeah, don't bet on this is what yeah. Vegas is telling. If you. I could get like under two and a half, minus 800, uh, that can go in my, my chalk dumpster uh, parlay. If I can get under two and a half minus eight hundred, I will be uh, reaching out to loan sharks in my area because <laughs> it feels like the lock of all odds. Uh, I mean, well, like here's the argument: it's minus, it's like minus four hundred. Jack Della under one and a half is minus two eighty five. Under two and a half is minus six hundred. So, like, we could get a minus eight hundred on that on that two and a half. Minus eight hundred is the steal of the century. So, like, because like if Woodburn wins, it's going to be something weird and fluky. It's not going to be. I'm 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 cooking up something nasty here. I'm thinking maybe under two and a half JDM, Moreno Pantoja over one and a half, Nickel Woodburn under two and a half. Probably will pay out somewhere in like the minus one eighty range. Let's. maybe. Let's see. Let's see. I mean, I'm looking at real bettable lines right now. And it's minus two fifty seven for the JDM under two and a half. Moreno Pantoja over one and a half. Throw in Tatsuro Tyra like I let's guess. say it's minus a thousand. That gets me to minus one eighty nine. Say so, yeah, it's still going to get you down. If it's well, anything under okay. two, minus two hundred, I will be taking that bet because those three picks, I it's a good bet. Feel, it's a good good solid great. bet. I mean, that's what they say about me. That guy's a good better. That's that's what people definitely <laughs> say about me. Uh, all right. That's that's that. Let's keep it rolling. Let's get on to the prelim card, welterweight bout. Prelims. Prelims featured prelim. Robbie Lawler taking on Nico Price. It is the retirement fight for ruthless Robbie Lawler. And right now he's sitting at plus 220. Nico Price coming back minus 260. I got nothing here. I think it's going to be a banger. I think it's going to be a fun fight. Uh, but you tell me, what what action we got down? Connor, you're you're gonna sit there. You're gonna look at me on this, the final fight of the illustrious Robbie Lawler's career. You're gonna ask him, am I gonna support my guy? All the things he's all the violence he has given us, the good times, the bets won. There's no way, no chance that I will not be supporting Robbie Lawler on the final voyage of the ruthless one. I am for sure taking him at plus two twenty odds. Oh, beautiful. I mean it. We have supported Robbie Lawler together. It's been an entire year since uh, last year's International Fight Week. He took on Brian Barbarena. Looked good. Looks good until he did not. Uh, until he didn't. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Nico Price is a winnable fight. I don't think that's crazy. I think this is really good matchmaking, honestly, because I do think this is a winnable fight for him. I mean, Nico Price is, uh, one, fight's going to be super violent. It's going to be oh, super it's gonna awesome, be awesome, however it's it goes down. Sick. But, you know, Price has slipped on the banana peel before. And Robbie Lawler is such a veteran, so savvy. Like, yeah, there's a chance that Price just hits him and he can't really take, you know, take those shots anymore and he goes down. But there's also very much an opportunity for Robbie to just sort of kind of 
get by on on veteran savvy and and work around some things and or just punch him real hard in the face because Nico Price not not immune to getting punched real hard in the face. So I love the matchup. I think it's a pretty good retirement fight for for Robbie Lawler. Uh, if it is, assuming he does in fact retire, it is MMA. But I will certainly be backing a ruthless Robbie because you got to. Yeah, I guess you have to. I mean, I have to. I don't. Nobody sure. else has to. He's two and six in his last eight. Nick Diaz, Cowboys. I don't need to hear that that negativity. One and five in his last six. Yeah, I mean, Nico Price. We'll see what I happens. Mean, Outside of the Brian Barbarena, who is probably better than Nico Price, if we're being honest. I mean, his, the loss is Neil Magny, Colby Covington, Ben Askren, Rafael Dos Anjos. A far cry from Nico Price. Shout out to NP. Let's keep it rolling. Next fight, welterweight bout. My guy. See him on the shirt. We got a lot, of guys. A lot of guys. <laughs> this week. A lot of guys on this card. That's what happened when you stack a pay-per-view card. JDM, Jack Della, Madalena, Don Giacomo getting in there, taking on Josiah Harrell, Josiah Harrell, one of the two. 7-0, debutante, short notice. Uh, right now, JDM minus 950, Harrell plus 600. I'm going to do the same thing I did with the bone nickel fight. We're going to get deep on this. I'm going to get into the analytics and tell you why. Jack Della Madalena is going to knock this dude out in the first round. I mean, I'm so impressed by the analytical savvy yeah. that we're He's bringing bigger. to the table these days. He's better. He's more prepared for the fight. Let me let, let me ask you this question, uh, because I, like you, agree. Uh, I, in fact, Jack Della is the second leg of the three-leg parlay. The third leg uh, is the over one-and-a-half Brandon Murnau at Hunter Pantoja. Uh, and Jalen Turner, those three pay out minus 120, so I'm with you. Let me ask you this question. We don't have to get too deep into it, but Please. how, I mean, I, I think I know. How would you have felt about the Sean Brady matchup? If we had gotten that, how yeah. are you feeling for your boy? I would have been playing Jack Delamadalena. I I would have been feeling pretty good that he was going to be able to dominate the striking exchanges. The worry is what does the grappling look like? And I feel Sean Brady, especially after the Bilal fight, would have been, especially with the the weaknesses, or not weaknesses, the question marks surrounding JDM's grappling game and the the things that Bilal Muhammad, the question the marks are not there. certainties surrounding JDM's striking game. <laughs> yes. Everything that we've just said, he would have relied much more heavily on the grappling and I don't know what that would have looked like for JDM. It could have ended up being JDM stuffs a couple takedowns, knocks Sean Brady out clean, or he's getting taken down and he's getting taken for a ride every round. And and that's what it looks like. It, it, I, that's why I'm disappointed because it was such an intriguing fight. I think it was going to answer a lot of questions about both guys. How does Sean Brady, you know, undefeated, bounce back from his first loss? And how does JDM handle a you know a really high level grappler and and now we just kind of get another win on the record or we get a catastrophic L catastrophic catastrophic L I mean those are the only two outcomes it's just like all right he literally just has a number higher in the win column and nothing advances for his career uh, or he has a career changing L Yep I uh, I'm. I'm in the same boat with you. I I'm super just disappointed. I love the Brady matchup. I thought it was perfect matchmaking because it does answer those questions. 
Uh, sort of about both guys because Sean Brady's not a finished product. I mean, still can make a run. He, he fell short against one of the best in the world, but still out there. So I love the matchup. Uh, and and now here we are. Um, so it's a shame, but uh, we will uh, we'll see. You know, we will we'll we'll see how quickly Jack gets it done. And if he, the good thing is, if he does get this fight, gets it under the belt, you know, goes as smoothly as we think. Means he can probably turn around and fight uh, in the Australia card in a couple of months. So, silver linings to the short notice because Sean Brady fight. He's probably not making the turnaround the fight in Sydney, but this one he comes out here, he gets another you know two minute knockout. We can see him at two ninety three. You know, easy does it. Easy does it. Let's keep it rolling. Next up, strawweight bout, Yasmin Hauragi. You like that, Yasmin Hauragi? Nope. Yasmin Hauragi. Had to listen to that one a few times over. Might be the trickiest Look name Look at you card. listening. I would not have come up with that name, so kudos to you. Hauragi. Versus Denise Gomez. Uh, right now, Hauragi, big-time favorite. Minus 410. Gomez coming back plus 310. Um, yeah, I mean, this is an interesting fight. Like, young young prospects within the strawweight division. I think it's 24 versus 23 years old, undefeated for Yasmin. Uh to be honest, like I think both these girls are dogs. Like I think it's going to be a pretty sick fight. I mean, Yasmin has super crisp boxing. She's got power. Showed that she can bounce back from getting from getting knocked down last fight. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thought she looked good. I think I think it's exciting to have to have another Mexican prospect in there. Um, but with all that said, I think Denise Gomez is kind of a dog. I, I think she's kind of got. Got a little uh, a little fight in her in her own right. I think she's got a little bit of power. I think she's got decent striking. She's probably going to be the slower fighter in this matchup, and that could cost her here. Uh, but I mean, just with a fight, two young prospects, and and Yasmin is a, a minus four ten favorite. I took a very small, I took a very small sprinkle on uh, on Denise Gomez. Ooh, okay. Um, I think I favor Yasmin uh, to get the win. Just shown a little bit more uh, for me. I love love the activity, love the volume she brings on the feet. Uh but uh, to your credit, you know, the the way we've seen Denise Gomez get beat, a lot of takedowns, giving up a lot of takedowns to Lomaluk on me. And that's not something we Yasmin's gonna do. Um I have no action on this fight. I had already bet everything prior to this and thought, you know, maybe I can start start tapering off. <laughs> off a little bit uh because i'm i'm going to have some action on the next one so no action i wish you the best yeah i got about 0.4 units down on uh on big old bet. denise gomez big, big yeah, bet. not a big bet just a young women's mma prospects think it could end up being close like you're getting, to the you're getting two young 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 fighters not even close to fully developed and you're getting one of them at, you know plus 350 or whatever the number is like that's Broadly speaking, there's value there. Uh, all right, let's keep it rolling. Light heavyweight bout. It's the rematch. Jimmy Crute, Alonzo Menafield. We saw it five Why months ago. Why are we ago. rematching this? Now we get it again because it ended in a draw. I went back and watched that fight. Uh, a few things. Slobber knocker. It was it's you, crazy. you look up you look up slobber knocker in in the dictionary, and it shows a picture of Jimmy Crute and Alonzo Menafield. Secondly. PTSD from having the under two and a half. 
because oh, that fight. That's right. You that had that. Fight almost got stopped 20 times. Like it looked like Jimmy Crew was going to get knocked out. And then it was like, oh, I think he's completely gassed out. He's out on his feet. I think he's done now. Oh, and then he gets knocked down. Oh, no, now he's making a comeback. Now he's he's taking Menafield's back. And then at one point, I think it was the end of the second round, he like had the choke locked up, but he couldn't finish it because time was running out. Like a million different ways that fight could have been finished. Um, so what I did after reliving that, I went right back to the well. Yes, that's my boy. I went right back to the well, under two and a half, took it at minus 210. <laughs> Someone's getting it done this time. They, they've sat on that fight for five months. They've rewatched it a million times over. They said, how did I not finish that thing? Both of them are coming for blood, and this time we get our redemption. I'm not a man that's going to go down not swinging, and we're going to get redemption here. Jimmy Crude, Alonzo Menafield, under two and a half. It's the it's the it's the revenge bet. This is this is for everything. The LeBron looking up meme. The gambling gods have given me an opportunity to redeem myself, and I'm going to take it. This is the best bet you've ever made. I agree. <laughs> I, love, I love this bet. We so just saw the fight go to a decision five months ago. Why would I not take a fucking juice to the moon <laughs> under? I love this so much for you. I will be pulling for all my heart for this to hit for you because I think it's the best bet I've ever seen. Uh, I, on that previous one, I was, I backed Alonzo Minifield. I was like, you know, maybe Minifield's got something. He's looked real good his last two fights. Maybe he's finally putting it together, um, you know, and and this is it. And Jimmy Crute, never a huge fan. Uh, but I, like you, went back and watched the fight and I it brought back the... It evoked all the emotions of being like, Minifield's going to win. Minifield's going to win. Oh, my God. He's losing in the stupidest way. He was so clearly going to win this fight. He had it. He had it. And now, oh, this is terrible. And then begging for a draw to save me at the end. Uh, I've switched. I'm going Jimmy Crute. Uh, I'm taking him at minus 120. Minifield, always dangerous early, certainly, and even showed some surprising durability and and stuff in in spots there. But the big factor for me is, like you said, they've both been sitting on this for a while. Uh, The problem is sitting on this just benefits Jimmy Crute. Much younger guy, Minifield, uh, 35, Crute, like 27, I think. Um and he showed that he was durable enough to survive the big shots from Minifield, and he had many opportunities to get the finish uh, himself. And I think this time he is just going to be a little more well-prepared, a little more well-schooled. Um, I'm taking him at the minus 120 price, and that's that's all I got on it. I love it. I love it. Going to be a great one. Might be my fight of the night. Who knows? But someone's... Fun. Someone's getting finished. It's, it's my revenge bet. All right. We got five more fights to get into. Let's run through them quickly. Catchweight bout, 130. Edgar Shirez taking on Tatsuro Tyra. Uh, right now, you can get Tyra for minus 1,050. Edgar Shirez, <laughs> Edgar Shirez plus 700. Again, it's like just a short notice debutante taking on like a serious prospect. Shira's lost on Contender Series. I, I just think Tyra's going to sub him. Like, I think it's the first, second round. I think he's just going to submit him. I mean, I think that's true. I'm also just now, I, I definitely think that's true, but I kind of want to figure out what I can get if I do a little Mexican parlay this weekend. Oh, God. And you're putting in Edgar? 
I mean, if you do them all, if you know, if you if you go you go Moreno, you go Rodriguez, you go Yagui. Yep, and, you do all you that. Go, you go Chirez, it is plus 5,800. Yeah, and you have a... It's a guaranteed uh, loser. I was going to say, and you have a losing ticket. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, there are a lot of fun parlays you, you, could do, you could do here. Oh, I didn't even think of... Uh, you can get Jess, uh, Jesus Aguilar in there, too, and then that, that gets her up to plus 10,000. Let's go. Losing Let's go. ticket won't this. be doing it, um, but, you know... I just thought of I have nothing to say. Uh, Tyra's Tyra. He's going to be dope. Yeah, I think I'm, um, I think I'm just going to drop Tyra into the chalk donkey, chalk monster soup dumpster parlay. Auto loser guaranteed will not win parlay at minus a thousand. So right now I'm sitting at minus one eighty nine, just waiting on that bow nickel under two and a half to drop. You. You're going to get this thing down to like minus one forty. Yeah, I mean a four leg minus one forty is what they call uh, in this business. If I if I'm not mistaken, sharp. Uh, so. <laughs> That's that's what we're looking at here. Let's let's say we do get it around that around that price. I mean, we're we're probably talking about like a yeah, probably in like the minus one forty five range. I mean, that's how does it lose? How does it lose? <laughs> there's four opportunities. There's four yeah. opportunities for it to lose. Can't uh, and, all right. and only one for it to win. Really, <laughs> that's. That's the simplest summation for why parlays are dumb. Yeah, exactly. Four chances for it to lose and only one of them for them to win. Yep, exactly. A hundred percent. All right, let's keep it going. Light heavyweight fight. Vitor Petrino taking on Marcin Procneo. Uh, right now, Petrino can be had for minus 285. Procneo plus 240. I have nothing on this fight. I, I, you, you know, can we move on? What do you have here? <laughs> No, we, we can move on. I'm a little surprised by how wide the line is because Petrino, very untested uh, in general. It's not not like Procneo's like great or whatever, but been in there with a little bit better competition. Uh, but yeah, there's I wouldn't touch this fight with the 10-foot pole. Uh, all right, we keep it rolling. Bantamweight about the other South African on the card, Cameron Simon taking on Terrence Mitchell. Again, short notice, stepping up. What seems to be a legit prospect? Simon minus five forty, Terrence Mitchell plus three ninety. I have nothing. Maybe I'll maybe I'll maybe I'll throw Simon into the chalk monster. I thought about doing a South African parlay since I already am on Duplessis, um, but it doesn't even really add that much. Just get you like seventy points on DDP. Yeah. So it's just like no. Uh, look, it's there's not much to say about a short notice fight. It is what it is. Uh, I like what we've seen from Simon so far. I don't know that he's like a future contender, but he's still only like twenty or something dumb. So a lot of room for him to grow. Um, yeah, happy to happy to see him get work though. It's yeah. a, a perfectly reasonable sort of guy and fight to have in the early prelims for a major card. Yeah, especially for him. Uh, you know, he's he's picking up. Trying to pick up steam. Um, so, yeah. To, mm-hmm. Shout out. That's all I have to say on that. Flyweight you battle. Could, you could parlay up Petrino and Simon as the 8 no parlay. So they are both 8 no. Oh, there it is. Yeah, that's what I was looking to do. Let me get that 8, and, <laughs> eight no parlay going. Uh, if I add Simon to the chalk donkey, uh, that gets us to minus 120. I mean, just getting more opportunities to fail. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Five, five keep, losers keep in a adding, row. Keep adding a couple of guaranteed winners. I mean, Nothing that, bad can happen to you, Connor. 
that's kind of what I'm saying. It feels like nothing, nothing bad can happen to me. Uh, all right, let's keep it going. Flyway Bowder. I remember when these things were special. I remember when they meant to mean, used to mean something. Shannon Ross taking on Jesus Aguilar. Uh, right now, you can have Shannon Ross for plus one twenty. Jesus minus one forty. I have got no action. Do you? Uh, I do not have any action. I also have done zero study, so I have nothing even to say about this particular flight. Since right. we gave up flyweight unders, it feels it kind of hurts my soul to even be like, let's dig into tape and see him. Yeah, like, I'm hundred percent with you in it. Yeah, it kind of hurts my soul. I remember it, when it's it's a little bit freeing though on the on the flip side that like I uh, you know can just kind of can just kind of chill. I don't have to force the bets. It's good not to force bets. I think we can say that in our fifty some odd episodes, I think we've conclusively learned forcing bets is bad. Forcing bets is bad. Uh, Let's move on. Lightweight bout. Final fight on the card. Camuela Kirk taking on Esteban Rebovix. Uh, right now you can have Rebovix minus 150, Camuela Kirk plus 130. Um, I took Camuela Kirk earlier in the week. I, I did take him at plus 180. Ooh, okay. uh, I actually like the, I, I like the move to 155 for Kirk. Uh, I mean, I, he's got the size to be there. He was getting depleted at 145. Uh, and the biggest thing here... Just watching back some tape on Rebovix, I, I think Kirk's going to have a big advantage in the ground game. Like if he can avoid the power shots of Rebovix, uh, and especially if he gets us to the ground, I, I think he's going to shine, and I, I think he has real, real potential to to be able to submit Rebovix. Uh, but either way, I, I think he's a live dog. I uh, I don't don't hate it. Um, I the ground is the ma- major question. I mean, we haven't seen much uh, wrestling from Rivovich, and what we have hasn't been the most impressive. Uh, so I do think if Kirk gets it down, there's certainly an opportunity for him to have success there. Uh, Want to know how the weight class fits? Probably is the right one for him, but too many questions for me to feel good about about placing a wager. So I got nothing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're 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 a smarter man than me, uh, and that is for certain. So six bets for me. Camuela Kirk plus 180, Krupp Menafield under two and a half, minus 210, Denise Gomez Moneyline plus 375, Pantoja plus 175, Jalen Turner took a week ago, minus 180, and then Volk minus 425, parlayed with Whitaker minus 350. That pays out at minus 170. Originally had Bo Nickel in there, uh, but that's that. Six bets. Need a winning hey, week. You didn't get that far out over your skis. You know, you kept it to only six. Wait till uh, I had the chalk dumpster. Well, then you had that, and then there's a lot of action. But uh, I'm I'm just at seven, keeping it still a little tighter. Uh, I've got they're all uh, plus money basically. <laughs> I've got Yair uh, Rodriguez. I got Brandon Moreno by decision. DDP and a little flyer on DDP by decision plus eleven hundred. Robbie Lawler plus two twenty. Jimmy Crute minus one twenty. And then the aforementioned parlay: Turner, Della Madalena, Moreno, Pantoja over one and a half pays out at minus 120 so keeping it tidy we're gonna see if we can go back to back no losses i may never lose again connor hey that's the mindset that we need that is ufc 290 that is no bets barred next week we're back holly home versus Bantamweight title fight marabuena silva is that, that is absolutely correct honestly Bantam, women's vacant bantamweight title fight i think the ksw card might be better I don't think that that's a question. <laughs> hey, we 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 got we got Albert Darai of Jun Young Park in the co-main. I will if if you're trying to make a case, at least from my standpoint on this, we've got four or five lightweight fights next week. 
if you just fill up a fight card with lightweight fights, it's probably at least going to be fun as hell because lightweight almost always delivers. So we've at least All right. got that. I already got something. The the Azatera Prado doesn't go to a decision parlayed with the Terrence McKinney fight doesn't go to a decision. And that feels there like is. a real good uh, real good start to the week for you, And buddy. we might bounce back with Tyson Nam with a little flyweight under. He's taking on an undefeated prospect. Next week's episode, 20 minutes. If that, see you then. Love y'all. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.